Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Across the ASEAN, only on Money FM 89.3. Well, it's Wednesday, and it is across the ASEAN today, and we train our sights on Malaysian markets. And there was a lot of talk by some investors and strategists that perhaps some of the commodity-driven markets like Indonesia and Malaysia might see gains due to the volatility unleashed by the Russia-Ukraine conflict on the broader commodity space. But so far, things have been a bit sluggish for markets up in Kuala Lumpur, actually. We want to take stock of what the outlook is for Malaysian equities as we head deeper into 2022. Today on Across the ASEAN, we are joined by Mr. Alexander Chia, who's the the regional head of equity research at RHB, and he joins us all the way from Kuala Lumpur to share with us his thoughts, uh, the outlook of his group on what's in store for Malaysian markets. Alexander, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a while since we've heard from you. I hope you're well. Good afternoon, sir. Yeah, hi. Uh, all good. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. All right. So, Alexander, let's get into it. Now, rising commodity prices and volatility was seen as a potential upside, actually, for some of the more noted commodity players in the region, like Indonesia or Malaysia. Still, I'm looking at the KLSE today, and while they're up year-to-date, it's only up by about 2.5% since the start of the year. Has the potential upside been overblown, or are we not digging deep enough to see it? And I'm asking you because you arguably have a, a, a closer look given that you are on the ground there and actually know these markets a lot better than, say, I would? Right. I think uh, the Ukraine crisis has uh, resulted in uh, some foreign inflows into the region, Um, you know, bearing in mind uh, the uh, relatively domestic-centric markets uh, in ASEAN uh, that has, uh, you know, relatively lesser kind of uh, trade connections, trade and business connections with uh, with Russia and the Ukraine, and hence um, the um, you know the, the, there's been a lot of um, uh, a resumption of uh, inflows uh, into the region, and then this typically flowed into um, a lot of the commodity names and plantations uh, being one of them. Uh, but I think the reality is that um, you know while there was some interest in the, the plantation sector. Um, you know, and the big caps uh, in general. Uh, I think uh, the overall upside for the markets uh, have been capped by uh, valuations, which are not particularly compelling, uh, given that um, you know we were looking at uh, earnings uh, contraction of about 2.4 percent this year, 2022, uh, mainly because of uh, the advent of uh, Chukai Makmo, which is the prosperity tax that is being levied. Uh, on uh, PLCs for profits uh, above 100 million ringgit. So that's really a bit of a downer. Um, and, and as a result, um, you know, I mean, uh, your, your, your forward earnings, um, you know, don't look especially compelling. And hence, I think, um, you know, the upside for the markets from a, from a, from a fundamental perspective uh, is somewhat limited. Uh, and uh, I think, uh, you know, foreign funds have, have really, uh, you know, gone back to, to trading the market. Mm-hmm. You know, these valuations might be keeping perhaps some optimism or, uh, or, 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 or uh, you know, uh, you know uh, appetites for Malaysian stocks a bit subdued given that you've highlighted them. But overall, though, what impact has Russia's invasion of Ukraine had on Malaysian equities? Net-net, has it been more opportunities or more risks for the stocks that you're reviewing out there? Yeah, I think short term uh, clearly has been, uh, I would say it's a positive because of the uh, unexpected uh, return of uh, foreign flows, um, you know, something we, that we haven't really seen um, since 2017. Um, you know, I think between 2018 and 2021, uh, we saw net outflows of well over 50 billion ringgit. That's five zero billion. Mm. 
um, you know, and, uh, and 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 obviously in the short term, you know, given that uh, we are somewhat, you know, the the, the local uh, market and the economy is somewhat sheltered, um, you know, and and of course, uh, you know, with a preponderance uh, towards uh, commodity, the commodity sector. Um, so short term, you know, that's it's obviously been all good. But I think longer term, you know, if if oil, you know, continues to creep higher, um, you know, and and inflation, you know, becomes a persistent problem. Uh, then clearly, uh, you, you know, you're going to get questions about uh, the um, sustainability of uh, global growth uh, going into 2023, um, you know, and the ability of the West Fed to 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 tamp down on uh, on inflation without actually triggering off triggering off a recession. So, you know, longer term, um, you know, you've you've got a lot of question marks, uh, you know, hanging uh, over our heads. All right. I'd like to get deeper into inflation and its impact on earnings that you sort of touched on just a few minutes ago. But I do want to stay with commodities before we move to that, Alexander. And we talk about Malaysian commodities, arguably no commodity more watched by others than that of palm oil. And we're getting reports that stockpiles are low, partly due to some of the supply chain snarls and the growing demand um, that's being brought about by the disruptions related to Russia and Ukraine. And we also know that Indonesia has export curbs in place or are curbing exports, at least uh, uh, currently, which could mean all systems go for Malaysian palm oil producers. Or am I simplifying things, actually? Are there headwinds for Malaysian palm oil uh, producers that perhaps we're not aware of, despite some of the fundamentals or the dynamics pointing at potential upside or opportunities that we're seeing just on the surface? Yeah, you mentioned um, CPO inventories um, being low, but um, I think um, it is higher year on year. Okay. Um, you know, but it has been down the last couple of months, and that's really because of uh, the you know we're in the low season, um, and uh, with spot prices at around six and a half six thousand five hundred ringgit, um, you know that that's obviously it's obviously reached levels that you know no, nobody really envisaged at the beginning of the year, mm. um, and that, that's obviously been driven by the the, the unexpected um, you know uh, crisis in the Ukraine and that's driven up uh, all commodity prices. Uh, but I think going forward, um, you know, I think uh, really depending on on what your view is on how the Ukraine crisis is going to evolve, um, you know, we do think that um, you know going forward uh, in the second half. When uh, supply begins to normalize as we come back into the high production season, uh, that pr- prices will, um, will will ease. And and of course, um, you know we've been somewhat circumspect on the uh, plantation sector, uh, mainly because of uh, ESG issues. Mm. Um, you know that uh, that has really um, you know I mean in, in a run up to you know just prior to the to the to the war in Ukraine. Um, you know, I mean, we had we saw cereal prices moving up, but um, you know, the, the the share prices of plantation stocks on the, on the market didn't really do much. Uh, and that's mainly because of the derating of uh, the sector, uh, because of ESG issues. And I think uh, at some point, um, you know, we we you know, depending on how the the food crisis goes and how the the Ukraine uh, situation goes, because uh, the Ukraine is a big producer of sunflower oil and other right. edible oils, right? So, um, you know, if there's a big shortfall, um, you know, there, then, then clearly that's going to have a knock-on effect on the rest of the agri-food industry, um, you know, that includes, um, you know, CPO. 
So it really, I mean, there are a lot of moving parts and, you know, it's clearly an evolving situation. We're still meeting to Alexander Cha, Regional Head of Equity Research at RHB in Malaysia, here on Across the ASEAN. We're taking a closer look at the outlook for Malaysian equities. And Alexander, I'd like to get to that point we were talking about, your thoughts on inflation and related, of course, to some of the disruptions we're seeing and also its impact, potential impact on earnings season out in Malaysia. It's been a bit high, actually, uh, as compared to recent times. But when you compare it to the levels we're seeing, say, in the United States or other economies, it's nowhere near that. I think it's just hovering above that 2% level. You can correct me if I'm wrong, by the way, if, uh, if I'm reading the numbers wrong here. Um, Malaysia has felt less acute price pressures. How might this play into earnings and margins for Malaysia's corporates heading into the rest of the year, especially some of the issues, when you take into account some of the issues you raised just a couple of minutes ago? Right. It's not that uh, Malaysia is uh, totally uh, immune from the pressures of global inflation, mm-hmm. uh, but the government does try to shield the uh, population from the worst excesses of the price increases. So, for example, uh, petrol prices have, are heavily subsidized, right? I mean, right. 95 ron, you know, we're paying just two, two ringgit and five sen uh, compared to, I don't know, but it's closer to like 10 ringgit in Singapore, the equivalent. Somewhere the there, yeah. That, somewhere there. Um, you know, and, and of course, um, you know, we've also, you know, the government also tries to, to um, you know, control uh, prices of, 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 um, of, of meats like, you know, like chicken and things like that. Uh, so I think right now, as long as the, you know, I think the petrol price subsidy, the fuel subsidy is a key factor, um, you know, in terms of helping to, to um, you know, to allow the Malaysian economy to um, avoid, uh, you know, big inflation numbers. Um, you know, but of course, this leads to a massive fuel subsidy bill. Um, you know, and uh, you know, while I think um, you know there is still room for the government to absorb it, it's clearly um, you know a very inefficient way to allocate um, you know your resources. Um, you know, by by just you know giving away giving mm-hmm. it away in, in, in fuel subsidies, right? Um, so I, I think um, that remains to be seen how the fuel subsidy issue is going to be. Um, you know, to, how that's going to change going forward. Uh, you know, but I think um, you know right now. Uh, you know, we're already seeing some of the effects of high inflation. You know, my my Peng has gone up by ten percent over the course of the last couple of months. Wow. Um, you know, I think some of the um, you know the the uh, construction players, for example, have already started reporting um, that the higher cost of raw materials uh, is beginning to eat into their margins. You know, in in instances where they're not able to pass it on. So, you know, we are seeing, you know, the start of it. And, uh, you know, and I think uh, the longer the, the commodity prices stay high, uh, eventually, you know, the chickens will come home to roost. I mean, it's something that you can't really avoid. Uh, very uh, stark words there. Uh, Alexander, you know, we don't really have a little bit of time left, but I would love to get your quick outlook on the glove makers. Of course, we know Malaysia is seen as one of the, if not the epicenter for rubber gloves, especially during the COVID-19 pandemic. But we've seen signs of the pandemic hopefully starting to recede in significant factor uh, fashion. And in the last year or two, we've seen a lot of glove makers committing to a lot of resources to expand capacity to meet all that surging demand. Are there concerns uh, from by analysts like yourself of overcapacity post-COVID among Malaysia's glove makers that might pose longer-term questions, at least, uh, moving forward of overcapacity and perhaps some of this, uh, the, exp- uh, the capital expenditure is not getting realized? Yeah, I think for sure. Um, I think, uh, you, know, at the, at the, you know, when we saw ASPs uh, go crazy in 2020, um, you know, there were obviously lots of plans to increase capacity, uh, lots of new entrants into the market. 
um, you know, and um, you know, some new players emerging in China and, and so on. So, so clearly, uh, ASPs have been dampened because of the uh, you know the, the influx of supply, and uh, that that hasn't really changed. But I guess uh, you know, Capex plans can evolve, and uh, you know, the the, the existing players can uh, ease back on their Capex uh, spending. Uh, but also, the other concern here is that uh, with high crude oil prices. Your, the cost of raw materials, which is uh, nitrile butadiene, which is a key raw material mm-hmm. used in nitrile gloves, um, you know, generally you know, trends in line with uh, crude prices, right? So essentially you're seeing uh, um, you know, lower ASPs for gloves, um, you know, clashing with uh, rising raw material prices, and that means margin squeeze. So essentially, I think uh, in the near term, in the foreseeable future at least, um, you know, there will still be some uh, some challenges ahead for the glove sector. All right, something to watch out for when the likes of Top Glove, for instance, and Supermax release their next earn report cards. But we'll have to leave this interview with that. Alexander Chow, Regional Head of Equity Research at RHB, thank you so much for joining us today on Across the ASEAN here on Money FM 80 Empire 3 and sharing your thoughts on how all of these events are shaping the outlook for Malaysian equities. As always, I wish you and your loved ones continued health and safety during these times. We look forward to next time you can join us in the show. Meanwhile, do stay safe, sir, and we hope you have a great evening right, ahead. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.